This is Josh Kanak, and I'm a sales agronomist in CHS Ag Services in Hazel, Minnesota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network, CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Monday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Randy Conan along with Whitney Pittman and Sierra Doctor. Well, light snow and flurries are expected to continue through Friday with total moisture expected to be less than a quarter of an inch. Total snow accumulations could be as much as three inches. World Weather Incorporated says not much precipitation is expected next week. Temperatures through Saturday, mostly in the teens and 20s. Highs uh, on Sunday could climb into the lower 30s with lows in the single digits above and below zero. Brazil's weather over the next two weeks will provide alternating rounds of rain and sunshine. World Weather Incorporated says all areas of the country will get rain at one time or another. However, there is potential for crop stress in areas that miss out on some of those rains. Argentina is expected to see net drying over the coming week, but some rain is expected over southern and western Argentina mid to late week that will maintain favorable soil moisture. Temperatures are expected to be close to normal with no area in Brazil or Argentina experiencing any prolonged weather period of hot weather. The end of the year means tax preparation and planning for 2023 are a main focus as harvest and field work come to an end. Eccentric Executive Director Keith Olander says planning ahead may take more forethought than usual with rising input costs and supply chain issues still in play. Tax planning this year for farm business management is probably one of the key points of the year as we finish out the year, making wise decisions as to what we do with those resources. But then on the other hand, really prepping that cash flow for 2023 as we begin to look at input costs. Is there a way to lock in some of the margin for next year? You can go ahead and you know, say we want X tractor, Y combine, whatever the case may be. We can put that in the cash flow, but we can't guarantee literally that it's even available. And of course, if you're looking from a tax perspective and you want to sign by December 31st, you probably need to plan forward more this year than in the past. Olander says that farm business management is happy to help farmers make decisions and plan for years to come. We want to make wise tax decisions. It's not the idea that we want to avoid taxes, but how do we do it in a wise manner, right, for the, for the purpose of the farm, not just for this year, but for years to come. So in that tax planning, certainly then can look at some equipment acquisition, prepaying inputs for next year, what have you, but really a, a faculty member can do a wonderful job of giving multiple options of how do you handle your income from this year from a profitability standpoint and lead you into 2023, really standing you on good ground, if I can say it, you know, that no pun intended, but really uh, setting the stage for the next crop year and beyond. The North Dakota Farm Bureau NDFB's 80th annual meeting and convention just around the corner. NDFB President Darrell Lee says the discussions at the meeting will help shape their priorities for the coming year. Well, this week we are heading into our annual meeting and convention in Bismarck, and our delegates will gather from all the counties across the state, uh, debate and, and rigorously and vigorously debate policy and give us our direction uh, for the next year for us to advocate on behalf of agriculture. And, and a, a special focus will go on state issues this year, seeing how we're coming into a legislative session here in 2023. And besides policy meetings, there, there's a discussion meet and greetings from American Farm Bureau Federation President Zippy Duval. So this discussion meet that happens here is our collegiate discussion meet, and those folks competed at DSU at our collegiate 
chapter out there and also NDSU, our collegiate chapter there. And the top two from each of them will come and do their final four discussion meet. Our YFNR discussion meet happens during our winter conference, uh, the end of January. So that'll be coming up. But this is our collegiate one. This is our, our focus on that very basic, uh, youth leadership enhancement that we have going on at both NDSU and DSU. Minnesota Farmers Union's annual convention gets underway uh, in Friday in Minneapolis. President Gary Wordish says the convention will kick off this that afternoon with panel discussions. Meat processing is one and uh, insurance, insurance 101. You know, we, we want to, obviously we own an insurance company, but you know, it's it's important to read the policies, and you know now with with the hurricane losses down south, you know it's going to affect all of our insurance rates. Even though we're up here, we didn't get hit by a hurricane. It's it's our rates are going to be going up. It's just across the board. So that's one of the panels. But then we have a nice reception Friday night. The policy session will be held Saturday. It's good to hear get the members together from around the state and debate the grassroots policy and. It's, kind of, it's always interesting watching the debate. You know, you have farmer, we have farmers of all sizes, so you can end up with some very interesting debate. And sometimes just the wording, you know, you, you can spend a lot of time just getting that wording just right. So it's a good time. And Saturday evening, we have, we have Sarah Vogel coming to be our banquet speaker, so that'll be interesting. She's got a lot of roots, you know, her work that she's done back in the 80s. U.S. Class 1 railroads originated 25,600 grain car loads during the week ending October 29. That is 7% more than the previous week, 4% more than last year, and 6% more than the three-year average. November shuttle secondary railcar bids offers were 1,006 above tariff, 777 less than the previous week, but $631 more than a year ago. USDA's weekly export inspections report for the week ending November 10th showed corn inspections at 484,000 metric tons. That is 108% more than the previous week, but it is 44% less than the same week last year. Soybean inspections at 1.85 million metric tons are 29% less than the previous week, 24% less than the same time last year. Weed inspections at 76,000 metric tons were down 58% from the previous week, 81% less than the same week a year ago. For the marketing year, corn inspections are down 29% from last year, soybean inspections down 12%, and weed inspections are running 4% behind last year's pace. For more information from the Red River Farm Network, Visit Facebook and Twitter. You can also find stories, podcasts, and more. It's all available at rrfn.com. Reporting agriculture's business, you're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Monday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. Lowen & Associates President Pete Lowen says the grains continue to struggle with a lack of fresh news. Uh, you know, we started under mild pressure in corn and, and, well, actually fall crop markets as a whole. To be honest with you, and, and yeah, with the wheat market, seeing double-digit gains in at least Minneapolis and KC that's attempting to pull on corn, but we're still not on the plus side of unchanged in anything except the December contract. Very stale news flow grain market-wise today uh, and, and through the weekend. So, uh, you know, looking for reasoning, probably seeing money flow and technical action more than anything. But, uh Pretty nasty price action last week as a whole. We had big gains on Friday, but if you look at the weekly closes, and we were down double digits in quite a few contracts across different commodities.
the trade will focus on China and South America. Yeah, South American weather is going to continue to watch China from the standpoint that they uh, supposedly maybe did ease some COVID restriction stuff. That should be overall friendly, not negative, and we're not seeing that in fall crop markets. But uh, that's, that's kind of the trend today. Country basis levels continue to be very favorable. Van On and company market analyst Christy Van On says pay attention to the basis. One of the biggest things to be watching right now is that so many times you're focused on, you know, what the futures markets are doing right now and you're not paying attention. They are two standalone products, futures and basis. Together they make your cash price, but they are standalone products. So really be attentive to that basis levels, especially if you have HDAs out there. Um, you've seen a lot of these make big pushes here lately. Demand is driving the hot basis action. There's a lot of unknowns coming out. Obviously, you have all the issues with the rail. Um, you know, to have that secure those those really great basis levels right now, you can always look at a form of reownership on Futures Board if you really feel the need to. Chair of the uh, Minnesota Farmers Union Executive Committee, Carol Anderson, says they are excited to highlight meat processing education programs that are seeing their first classes of students this uh, this semester. Anderson says these programs have been five years in the making, but the, the uh, pandemic actually helped move things along by demonstrating the need for meat processing services. But what takes a long time when you look at the university system, it takes a very long time to get the coursework approved, and you have to go through many levels of approval, and that takes time. So um, that really was the holdup, but uh, COVID brought it to everybody's attention how needed it was. Minnesota Farmers Union also received a grant from the U.S. EDA toward the purpose of uh, purchase of mobile training unit that will be used both at Ridgewater College and Central Lakes College. The trailer will also be available to farmers who have animals to process. So they approved a grant of almost $3 million for Farmers Union to purchase a trailer for the training of these meat cutters. It's going to be USDA approved, and then the trailer will be able to move between Central Lakes College and Ridgewater College. And when they're not using it, we're going to allow farmers to come in and say they have five head here and another one the next day has three head and we will process those for those farmers. That mobile trailer expected to be operational by next summer. The U.S. Meat Export Federation wrapped up their convention with the election of a new officer team. Rock Rapids, Iowa farmer Dean Meyer was elected as the new chair. Meyer says his priority is to expand relationships within the meat industry. Top of my radar is continuing and growing the relationships we have with all the sectors. I've been on uh, the exec board now, it's six or seven years, and I've seen that momentum grow as far as how well they work together. You know, a cattle feeder from Texas and a corn grower from North Dakota can get together and all sell the same product. And I think my goal is to even enhance that even more. I, I feel I'm in four of those different businesses right now and I understand each one and uh, the continuity there is becoming even stronger and that's that's where I want to be. 
Meyer says his involvement in the U.S. Meat Export Federation stemmed from how much his operation is affected by the organization's directives. You know, 75 cents a bushel is what we're returning back on corn last year. You know, when I market cattle, each time I load cattle, it's close to $500 a head because of red meat exports. When I market hogs, you know, it's $60 a head. That Reporting agriculture's business, you're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on this Monday afternoon on the Red River Farm Network. Two venture capital firms have invested $9 million in a seed round for a tech company called Enriched Ag. Business Development Director Mike Comp says this grazing and carbon insights platform provides ranchers an opportunity to manage and monetize their pasture ground. You know, you look at the technology that's deployed in row crop today, um, really at all levels, uh, I, we don't really think there's a parallel in rangeland today. And anything that we can do to bring technology to ranchers to help them with their bottom line and be more resilient, we're, we're, we're open to talking with folks if they have ideas. And, and we have some exciting things coming out, um, you know, here over the next year. Within the next six months, Enriched Ag plans to deploy its first round of technology. A lot of the money that's coming in is, is focused on you know, actual on-ranch technology, things like drones, soil sensors, um, you know, different types of cameras that can you know, provide information about how much uh, forages and pastures, when to move and rotate animals. And then the other half of it is building, you know, the, the right sort of market structure so these ranchers can actually, you know, sell their carbon and, and realize the long-term value of it. Enriched Ag was founded by a team that comes from well-known technology brands, including Apple and Google. Checking markets before we leave you this afternoon. December wheat Minneapolis, 15 and a half cents higher at 961 and a quarter. March is 13 cents higher at 971 and a quarter. Chicago December wheat is five cents higher, 818 and three quarters. Kansas City December wheat, 12 and a quarter higher, 955 and three quarters. December corn, penny and a quarter lower at 656 and three quarters. March is down four and a half cents at 658 and a half. January soybeans are down 12 cents at 1438. March down 10 and three quarters at 1443. January canola in Winnipeg is $9.10 a metric ton higher, $892.30 Canadian. December live cattle up 10 cents, 151.62. February down 70 cents. January feeder cattle 80 cents higher at 179.37. March 70 cents higher. And December lean hogs 47 cents higher. This is the Red River Farm Network.